Hey guys, uh, it's Dan Walshman here. Welcome back to the Bring Your Own Awesome Podcast. Uh, as you know, I'm joined by uh, the, my fearless um, partner, uh, Brock Edwards. So, hey, hey, Brock. Yes. Hey, hey, I'm glad you remembered my name there. Though. I, was, I was a little worried for a second. <laughs> Notice how I just I put all the weight of this podcast on your shoulders by saying, fearless, <laughs> Brock Edwards. Um, from the great country of Texas, he joins us as well. We've got an ama- just an amazing person joining us right now. As you know, we've We've brought people onto this podcast who have their own brand of awesome, and um, that's what this podcast is all about, small things that make a massive difference that someone else is doing, we can learn from, apply to our lives, and then why not make our own awesomeness even even more awesomer. So this morning, uh, this afternoon, this evening, whenever you're listening to this, uh, I'm excited to introduce you to Chanel Holmgren. Can I say that? Did I get the, is that the right last name, Holmgren? That's right. So I guess I've always called you Chanel. I've never even noticed what your last name is. Yes, yes. All of my social media profiles are under Chanel Nicole. So that's my yeah. middle name that I go by online. I feel like you're like Beyonce. You're just Chanel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just need one name. That's all. Exactly. <laughs> Except not the Chanel that costs like $70 for a, a quarter of an ounce. It's two N's, two L's, and a little squiggly line or something in there towards the end. Yes, a little accent over the E. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, um, look, uh, you know, I was it was such a pleasure for me to, to grab coffee with you uh, not too long ago and just catch up uh, as I get to do from time to time with different people in the empire. Um, the audience listening hasn't had that cup of Starbucks with you. So just tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah, so I've got my Starbucks handy here per usual. Um, I'm Chanel and I am the owner of Inspired by Purpose and Inspire Me Mommy. And we we are lifestyle companies. And so we embody everything from mental, physical, and spiritual health. Um, so we really educate and inspire people to get healthier through educating them on principles from athletic training, nutrition, you know, what you put in your body matters, and then really helping people set goals, not just in their fitness realm, but also in kind of their mental health journey. Um, so we, we advocate for NAMI, National Alliance on Mental Illness. We're very involved in that. And our vision is really, um, to help people understand that how you do anything is how you do everything. Health is the true wealth and the true su- true su- success. And um, with that, part of being successful is being healthy. And part of being able to perform well is being healthy. So in a nutshell, it's about living a healthy lifestyle. And our team um, is educated in many different facets from yoga to nutrition athletic training, powerlifting, and we really try to use those principles to share with people how they can integrate that into their everyday life in a manageable, long-term way. All right. So normally I would ask you a question to to zoom in and, and dig down a little bit, but it sounds like you're covering such a wide range. I'm not even sure where to start there. So so I'm going to go with a different question for you. I'm going to ask, how, how, did, how did you get to today on this journey? I mean, you, did you just wake up and say, hey, I want a whole lifestyle physical, mental, spiritual health empire, or, or what was the transition? Wow. Yeah. Well, that's a great question. Um, so I started my my journey really from coming from the background that I came from. And that was, I grew up in, you know, 
a homeless. Uh, I, I ended up being homeless. I grew up in an abusive environment. I ran away at 12 years old. I was, you know, living in motels at 16. And um, I come from a background where most people in my immediate family were convicted felons and drug addicts. And I knew nothing about how to be healthy or live a happy life. And so I kind of went on this journey to determine how can I basically be the opposite of that? You know, it's in my DNA. What do I do to be healthy and and feel good and live a productive life. And so I went. So, oh, so, so, oh, I, I think you were leading right into us. Yeah. So, so where do you even start? I mean, if you, if it's not what you've experienced, you don't know where to look for it. You just know you want something different. Where do you dig in at such a young age? Yeah. So for me, it was, um, I decided to look into what I could study in college and I found dietetics, which is nutrition. And I decided I'm going to study that and I'm going to learn because I, the one thing that I did know is how I eat, how I was eating was affecting my body. If I would eat sugary foods or, you know, carry a little bit too much weight, I knew that I didn't feel good mentally and physically. And so I decided to learn what, what is this all about and how that tied into psychology. Fast forward from there, um, I started studying kinesiology just from being in the gym every day and someone said, hey, you know, you should really look into being a personal trainer as a career choice. And I had no idea that even existed. So that really where it started is I just started immersing myself kind of in the athletics, fitness and nutrition world. And over the last, you know, 13 years, it's just kind of evolved into what we're doing now. So uh, I've got to jump in. Like you packed, you're like, so I grew up homeless and everyone was convicted felons and now I'm doing this awesome stuff. So if it's with your permission, <laughs> I'd just love to ask you a couple questions because often when I, you know people in the empire and just people in general, when I'm on stages or talking, they're like, well, Dan, I would be successful, but you don't know where I came from. And, you know, and they kind of give themselves permission to fail or underperform because of what went on in their childhood. And you clearly are not doing that at all. So walk us, take a tiny step back um, and, and, and just walk us through. You said you were homeless as a child? Yeah, so about the age of 12, I ran away from home, um, just could not take the um, physical abuse, you know, the drugs, the mental illness, everything that existed in that realm. And so from about 12 to 14, I actually stayed with some friends and some friends' parents who kind of took me in. And then from about the age of 14 to 16, I lived with my grandparents. And then at 16, which is the legal age of emancipation, um, I got emancipated and decided to completely remove myself from the environment when I was legally able to do so. And emancipation itself is a huge kind of process, you know, the judge isn't just going to say, okay, you're a teenager and here you go, go be on your own. So there was a legal process that I had to go through um, at that young age. But the one thing that I knew is that I didn't want to be in that environment. I didn't know why. I just knew that I didn't want that for my life. So, so did that, did that without, and again, not asking with tenderness, did, how did that impact you? I mean, we all think of our parents as kind of the foundation of 
okay, if everything goes wrong, at least I can you know, kind of move back home or I could, you know what I mean? I, um, I could call mom and say, I need 50 bucks because I'm super, super broke. And, and you had none of that. So what sort of lessons did you already like were learning or what, what was your mindset as this child saying, I'm just going to move out and do my own thing? Yeah. So, you know, I, I was living with my grandparents and they were, you know, they were supportive when I was there, but there, there's a whole dynamic that existed there as well. That was like, Hey, you know, if you, if you get emancipated, you can't live here. And so I, I knew that I needed to get emancipated. My mental space was really, um, I was in a place where I was destroyed from the years of abuse. Um, you know, I later on at the age of 23, I found out that I had PTSD. So I was pretty traumatized. Um, and I think I was really in that state of fight or flight. Now looking back on it, I'm, I, you know, I didn't think so then, but it was fight or flight. Either I was going to have to stay and fight and really overcome everything set up against me or in my mind at that time, if I was to take flight and go start somewhere fresh where nobody knew me, maybe then, maybe then I could have a fighting chance. So, but even in there, I, so many people can get caught up. I I, I can totally imagine someone just being able to go, okay, you know, I'm going to just kind of hunker down and get through life and, you know, do the best I can do and it'll be fine. That doesn't seem to have been your approach because I mean, it, it sounds like you're building speed as we go. Um, you know, what, what, what's that transition that, that just makes you, I, I, I guess I'm asking a lot of questions. I'm not even sure what question to ask you, Chanel. So let me jump ahead to like, if you had to describe your superpower, what is it? Yeah, I think, um, I think just, just knowing what you want and going for it, even if you don't know how it looks, um, just having, Having tenacity and having the willingness for me, I think, has always been, if you want to call it a superpower, um, just being willing to trust the process that, hey, I don't know how this is going to pan out, but I believe that something's going to happen if I take one step, um, one more step toward a healthier lifestyle for myself, which is really, you know, kind of what we embody and, and where my mentality was at the time, it was, hey, I don't know really what it is that I want to do with this thing. But I know that I'm being pulled, you know, in this direction, to kind of go for what I believe is one step closer to my destiny. And I'll just figure it out as I go, because that's what I've always done. So so that that's really interesting there, because I think so often we get caught up in thinking, you know, We've got to know what our business empire looks like today. You know, we, we, we've got nothing we haven't started and have to have this planned out to being a Fortune 100 company. And but it sounds like what you're saying is that, no, it was just really kind of a, a step at a time. I knew I wanted to go this direction and we'll see what happens. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, I think that that's one benefit of really where my background, to your point earlier, you said a lot of people use it as a crutch. You can use it as a crutch and you can play the blame game and you can blame other people, but our life is really our responsibility. And I wanted to see how far I could go. I knew I was on my own. How far can I take this thing, even though I don't know what it looks like? Yeah, that's incredible. That's, 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 that's incredible. How, how do you, how do you, 
How do you realize that potential? I mean, you didn't see the potential in your family or your upbringing, right? And you certainly had grandparents who encouraged you. But when did you begin to realize that, like, I don't have to do the ending. I just have to do the beginning, which is taking that first step. Wow, that's a that's a really good question, Dan. Um, I think that for me, it was always this little voice that just resided within me. You know, those voices. Um, I don't know how many voices y'all have in your head, but I tend to have, you know, should you go this direction or this direction? And there was this little voice that just kept popping up for me, you know, or even just this feeling that said, this isn't for you. You need to go find out what is. And I think that it would have been really easy for me to probably just drown that voice out with, you know, doubt or drugs or alcohol or whatever my environment was. Um, but for some reason, I just listened to that voice, chose to listen to it and just go for it. So, so was that a state? So, um, was that a, sorry, Brock, I know we're both eager because there's so much meat here on the bone. So I guess my question is like, um, you just go for it. It seems so simple, but yet it's something we all struggle with it. How do you just go for it? What's that first thing you do? If I'm looking to go for it right now, I go, man, I've always wanted to do fill in the blank. What do I do? What does go for it mean? To me, go for it means make a decision. Um, For me, you know, once your mind is made up, once you have your decision made that I'm going to try this thing and I'm going to give it my all, no matter what obstacles come, no matter what I encounter, no matter if I don't have the resources or the relationships that I need at this time, I'm making the decision that I'm going to pursue it and exhaust every resource I can, build the relationships that I can until I know that maybe I need to take a different direction. Um, so I think I would just say make a decision. What, what do you want? So building on Dan's question and maybe approaching it from a slightly different angle. So a lot of people know what they want or at least what they think they want. Um, now, you were, you've, you mentioned you work with people, you know, mental, physical, spiritual health. Where do you see people, where do they tend to get in their own way? How can they get out of their own way? I think a lot of it comes down to belief systems. Um, and, you know, I think that's another another piece that when I came out of my environment that I was in as a child to going into where I am now, I really had to adjust that belief system. But a lot of people have been conditioned to believe that they can't have long term success or, you know, there's there's an element of self-sabotage that stems from fear and doubt. And so one thing that we really work into our programming is addressing those things. For example, if we're setting a goal with somebody, if someone comes to us and says, hey, I want to lose 50 pounds. Okay, let's set the goal to lose 50 pounds. Let's measure, you know, how can we measure this? But more importantly, I ask the question, what are your biggest struggles and what obstacles do you know you'll face? And many people will say things like, I just don't have enough time in the day. Um, I, I know I don't drink enough water or I'm on call. And so my schedule is unpredictable. So we actually plan for the obstacles. And I think it's important to understand that there will be obstacles, but if you're committed to your decision, you're going to find a way to be agile. Nice, nice. So I, I've I've got to ask a, a 
a question I like to ask a lot of people is, you know, being an entrepreneur these days is very much glamorized. Being in the fitness industry is like doubly glamorized. Like you go on Instagram and you spend three seconds there and you, you know, <laughs> you know where it goes. And anyway, so what is the reality? You, you know, kind of when, when you're living that dream, I know it's not shiny. I know there's some real grit to it. I know not every day do you want to get out of bed. What, what is that side that people don't see that you wish they knew about? Yeah, well, you hit on two different things there. Um, first, let me just comment on the Instagram culture around the fitness world. Um, that's a whole other topic, a whole other show that could probably be done on that. Um, but as it relates to entrepreneurship, I think you said it. Some days you don't want to get out of bed. But if you're committed to doing it, no matter how you feel, you're going to do it. But the truth is that it's really, really, really hard. It's not glamorous. There's a lot of long days. There's a lot of figuring it out as you go. Um, there are a lot of blood, sweat, and tears that go into it, just like, you know, I tell people, just like in the gym, if you want a result, you have to work for it consistently over time. And the more just like in the gym, the more fit that you get, the harder you have to work, the more you have to do in order to be able to perform at a higher level. And I really believe that it's the same in business and being an entrepreneur is, you know, the more the more opportunities that you get, the more success that you get, the more you really have to work at being a more healthy, balanced person to be able to kind of not lose your mind some days. All right. So what advice would you have for someone wanting to start off? They say, hey, you know, what 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 Chanel's up to is what I want to be doing at where how can I get going? Or I can put that another way. What advice do you wish you had when you were starting off? I mm, wish that yeah. I would have been told that I can't do it alone, that I need people, I need a team and I need to learn. Uh, when I first started, I was kind of in that survivor mode where it was like, okay, it's me against the world. And I really had to change that. I really, really had to change that mindset. And I had to heal on a personal level to really be able to accept um, constructive criticism, to be able to um, have mentors and relationships with other people in business to help me approach things from a different way than my own point of view. Um, so yeah, I think I think everybody really needs to be open to having a team and be open to being wrong more often than they're right. So it sounds like it sounds like you're you know you're you've learned a lot and you you kind of internalized everything that's happened as a child and you've you've not certainly um, gotten it perfect. Um, uh, you know, with every move um, up to this point, but none of us have. And you're learning and growing and you kind of said, look, to take that next step, you know, you've got to decide something. I think it was interesting at Awesome Palooza, Brock, was it Michael or I forget who was the speaker who said um, the word decide, is, the Latin word means to cut off. And, you know, was that him or somebody else? It was either him or Jason. Yeah, it was a powerful thought because what he was saying is like, obviously, listen, if you have, if you, if you decide to get married, then, then you, know, you probably can't keep your Tinder account going, right? You've got to kind of 
just cut it off, you know, um, and, 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 you know, that's just, or you're in a committed relationship, you, you have to cut it off. If you're, if you're deciding to go down this new path, you, 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 you know, I guess you increase clarity by just cutting off any other option, but being successful. Um, and then learning and growing and taking it from there. You, you seem in talking to you both in person and on this podcast, very, um, like calm, uh, passionate, like quiet power from within you. Is that something you've always had or is that part of this decision-making process? I mean, how do I get that? Wow. Well, thank you for that. Calm is calm is a good thing. Um, I, I tend to be a very um, passionate person, but I don't think I have always had that. I think that um, I, I was much more chaotic when I when I kind of began, you know, my entrepreneurial journey. And I learned over time that I really had to take a step back. Um, And part of that I learned in making decisions was, you know, it's really important to pause. It's really important to listen and to gain clarity, especially in business. You can't be impulsive with things, right? You have to be able to listen and, and to understand or seek to understand. And so I've been on a journey over the last, for sure, at least the last three to five years where my primary goal has been seek to understand, seek to listen and it's it's given me a lot of insight into not just human psychology, but what people really want, what they really need. And I think that it can be a very powerful thing, not just in your personal life, but in your business venture as well. So can can you say say to that because you know in so many businesses, particularly uh, I would think a, a business like yours, where people are looking you for you to be the expert. For you to come in and make the changes and what you're saying there is, and I may be overinterpreting, you know, one of the most powerful things you can do is not talk, but to, to listen. Can, can you say more to that? Am I getting that right? Yeah. I, I mean, first of all, definitely, you know, when you go to anybody for a service or a product, you expect them, you know, you expect them to be the expert and be confident and calm and collected and in what they're providing. Um, But I do think it's important to listen. I do think that sometimes we miss the opportunity to learn from other people. And, and this is what I really picked up on when I said, you know, what, I can't do this all myself. I need insight, I need direction, I need structure, I need to learn from other people. And I realize I can't do that when I'm talking all the time. (laughs) So I do think it's important to listen more than you speak, at least in certain, in certain instances. No. And you know, what's interesting for me is uh, I, I feel the same way. I might've mentioned to you, I know I've said it on my podcast and Brock and I have talked about it is, you know, so some of that, some of that listening for me is just, you know, literally listening to an audiobook, um, kind of filling back up from something that someone else has taken months or a year to write and hone, uh, I now have the privilege of just putting earbuds in, trotting down the road at a, at a leisurely pace and listening to. And, and that's sort of that, that obsession with learning. Why is it that we struggle with this idea of learning? I mean, here's, here's the context. I, I talk to people all the time who will say to me, and it's a different circle than my immediate circle, they'll say something like this, oh, I'm too busy to read. I don't have time for that. 
Um, and they're out there, quote unquote, hustling, quote unquote, grinding, right? Using all the Insta, Insta words or Facebook words, but they're too busy to learn. Yeah. Well, I think there's a lot of parts to that. Um, like you said, sometimes listening can just be to an audiobook. And if I can add on to that for a second, sometimes listening is just listening to your own mind and your own thoughts. And so I did a video a couple weeks ago that I talked about three transformative powers in my life, silence, stillness, and space, giving myself silence in stillness and just kind of being uncomfortable in that space of like whatever is coming up or whatever I'm hearing, um, which kind of ties into the meditation side that we do. Um, but I think as to people not having time, it's just an excuse. Um, it really is just an excuse. If people have time for TV, if they have time to be on social media all day, then they have time to learn. And so I think it really is making that decision to say, I want to better myself and I'm going to do anything that I can to make that happen. And for me, the awareness of making that decision, I started then asking myself, is this circumstance, is me watching this TV show bettering me right now? You know, having that awareness of this isn't bettering me, what would better me? And then making the decision to listen to the audiobook instead of watching, I don't know, Real Housewives or something. <laughs> so, Chanel, you're obviously up to big things. You've got a lot going on. Sounds like you're growing, you're expanding both personally and in your business as well. And one of the things you mentioned is that, you know, early on being open to help, um, seeking more help. And, and so now that you have a chance now uh, within the, the edgy empire of awesomeness, uh, basically, if you had any ask of them, if you anything they could do to help you out, what would it be? What would you ask? Well, I think, first of all, a lot of people in the edgy edge are already doing this. And it's, it's beautiful to see and why I love being part of the online community. Um, but just being intentional about connections, um, being intentional about helping and, and sharing with each other. And I see a lot of people already doing this. And I've connected with several amazing people in the group already. Um, but just being, I think, intentional about the connections, but also being willing to share. I think we all go through those days. And as a motivator myself, there are days that I still don't want to get out of bed. And it, you know, it might not be showcased online or in business life, because my job is to be energetic and positive and motivate people. But I think it's very helpful to see other people being real and raw and transparent about the struggles not to complain about it, but yeah, that's, that's, um, with the willingness that's, to that's, share that's incredibly and be able valuable. to say, hey, I'm um, human too. I, I joke how with, with Sarah all the time. Each other grow? Uh, she used to get on me. She's like, how come, you know, all those, all, uh, you know, everyone else's boyfriend or, or husband is saying these glowing things. And I was like, listen, all my friends who say amazing things about their wives are douchebags. And I don't, I mean, if you're one of my friends, I'm sorry, I love you, but you know who you are. Like in real life, you know, they may not be the nicest, most genuinely cool people. And, and, and maybe I need a different circle. Maybe that's what the whole point of this discussion is, is like, where are the raw, real sort of like, everything's not perfect, but we're fighting for each other, right? Um, it's not wonderful all the time, every second, but it's real and we're here and we're going to make it happen. 
Um, and so I think, yeah, I second that a lot. People just share like, look, I'm struggling. You know, how, how can we jump in and help you? We, we, we often don't know someone's in trouble until they call out for help. Right. And if they do, and I think going back to the point earlier that I made, I wish somebody would have told me to not try to do it all alone. You know, it's great to read motivational quotes and it's great to learn information. But I think as humans, we still want this connectivity and we want to know that other people can understand us with the intention of helping us elevate to that next level. Yeah, quotes are great. Quotes are great. You know, those one-liners are great. I think people... What I'm learning are they people want to say, okay, how, how do I do this? You know, okay. So you've told me to stay motivated. How do I do that? Like, what would be the thing I do, uh, to, to actually do that, to make that happen? So I think that's amazing. Um, I love that discussion. I think, uh, you're someone we need to circle back to again and, and, um, and, and have another discussion about more. I, I think I'm fascinated by people who come from hardship because I find that they have the greatest chances of success. It's the in-betweens that I find um, where most of us fail. So you have enough money to go on a vacation or two a year. You've got enough, you know, enough friends and an an okay enough job that if you close your eyes tightly and tell yourself a a good enough story, life seems okay. And it's the people who start off broke and busted and have nothing to lose who just go out and crush it at life. I'm so fascinated. Right, right. And I think going back to Brock's question in the beginning is, you know, some people use it as a crutch, you can really go either way with it. Because when you come from when you what a lot of people don't realize that come from a background of traumatic experiences or hardship, what they don't realize is the foundation and the tenacity and the survival skills that they've learned can be applied to business, and they can dominate. Um. That seems like episode number two, right? Right there. Because you're right on the same skill that got you, skill that said, I'm going to step out. I'm going to go live with grandma and grandpa. I've got to move. Uh, I've got to move out of this environment. And to do that in an age where you should have somebody still cutting, you know, cutting your, your steak for you, or that may be a little bit of exaggeration, you know, um, <laughs> you know, that is just, you're right. That same, um, hard work ethic is, is amazing. So um, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for sharing your superpower with us. Uh, you are awesome. Um, as our, our friend, uh, Marianne in the Empire sent me a note yesterday that said, flossom, flawed, uh, but awesome. And I thought that's such a great way to, to wrap all this up. So thank you for spending a few minutes with this to share with us this focus, this drive, and the ways that you bring your awesome. Thank you so much, guys. I appreciate it.